You're listening to The Truth With Studi on the Stream Grace Network. Hey, hey, hey. How is everyone doing out there? This is Michael Studeman, and thanks for joining us with this edition of the Truth with Studi. Hey, listen, we're going to jump right in tonight. I have an amazing, awesome guest. He is tremendous. His personality and his heart is just as tremendous as his size. We've got Mr. Mr. Vermarks <laughs> in the house. What's going on, man? Hey, man. Listen, I think that I'm going to take that as a uh, compliment, right? A tremendous <laughs> as you saw. <laughs> you met right. my personality, right? That, we met P-H-A-T, okay? That's right. That's right, man. <laughs> Absolutely. P-H-A-T. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. So well, how's it going, buddy? It's, it's going great. It's going great. I'm glad you're joining. You, uh, you're joining. This is the second week we've done a live broadcast with the wow. studio. Uh, so it's still, uh, still new. Trying to overcome technical difficulty. Still, and yeah, I see that. So, uh, so yeah, <laughs> man. So, and and if you're listening, uh, welcome. And uh, this will be replaying as well. You'll be able to see it in the archives once it's it's done. Uh, <clears throat> this is going to be a second, um, a part two. Uh, to one that I, I did at the beginning of the month because of this being June and, and what they call Pride Month. And uh, and so I wanted to bring Vern in here because he's got some amazing perspectives that uh, I wanted him to share with everyone today. And and uh, if you don't mind, Vern, I'd like to jump right into this. Yes, um, amen. I, I appreciate it. Well, let me let me just, you know, first say I appreciate you having me on, buddy. And um, uh, since we do a lot of ministry together and have uh, known each other for quite some time now, I, 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 uh, you're coming on the doing your truth with Studi and what have you, and uh, I appreciate the opportunity to come on and be on the show and uh, get a chance to talk about this because this is this is uh, definitely needs to be talked about. So absolutely, absolutely, and and tell the folks, um, you know, Vern, just kind of a background with yourself, like. Yeah, how did you come to Christ and, and become a Christian? Oh, well, that was, boy, man. It was in 1989, but it was a long time coming because I had um, just gotten tired of living, and I really actually was going to uh, uh, do away with myself. I thought, well, I know somebody with a gun. That's it. I'm going to do it. And uh, because I just couldn't shake the alcohol, I'd, I'd been on my own for quite some time. I mean, from the time I was a young young kid, was living on the streets, uh, eating out of trash cans and such. And uh, it would just it just became a real, uh, I was just really, really tired of living, tired of living that life and being, um, having those bad situations. Are we having technical difficulties? No. Okay, good deal. But... Um, the the where it where it finally came down to it um on my way i was going to sit up under the bridge and just put a bullet in my head well uh on my way there this thought came to me to go talk to my sister she's a christian and so this was uh in in 1989 so um i did and i didn't tell her what i was going to do and she said wow but i told her i was just tired of living 
the whole the whole bit. And so she was like, well, you just need to clear your head. Uh, why don't you come stay with me for a little bit? And um, and I did. And uh, but what happened next was the um, the Lord knew what he was doing for sure. Uh, always does. And I uh, she said, I'm not going to charge you any rent if you go to church twice a week. But if you don't go to church twice a week, uh, she said, you got to pay rent. I said, Oh no, I'm paying rent. I'm not going to church. No, sir. <laughs> and, uh, so I, I left it at that, but I never had the rent money. So, uh, uh, so I had to go to church. So <laughs> I went ahead and went to church and, uh, and now she tells me that I, first of all, would just, uh, mock the preacher every week, mock the preacher and mock the preacher. Now I, I don't remember that, but <laughs> she said, you used to mock him. And then one day she said, it just kept used to, you, it was getting less and less. And one day you said nothing all the way home. And, uh, <clears throat> but it was that next week that I gave my life to Christ. But I remember that he just said, if you have messed up your life and you don't know what to say to God, except help, come on down here and we'll say, we'll, we'll ask God to help you. And so I went down there and it was just that long walk down to the front. And they asked me if I'd ever given my life to G or surrendered to Jesus Christ. However they put it. And I said, I have no idea what you're talking about. And, uh, so they're just like, well, you know, you can, you know, you can do that right now and we're going to pray with you. Just repeat this prayer. And I said, okay. And after that, they started sputtering in tongues and I was just like, what is that? I don't even, Oh, so I went back to my seat and, um, my sisters were excited, and um, so that's it. That's when it happened, September of 1989. And but uh, from that moment, it took about a month and a half. And one day, I was re I didn't want anybody to know I was reading the Bible. And then one day, I looked and um, I was reading, sitting down in the living room, reading the Bible. And I remember thinking, "Am I a Christian? Because this is weird." I'm sitting down reading the Bible. I'm not afraid for anybody to get it anymore or to, to, to see me reading the Bible. And so that's the day I said, okay, this is a trip. So I asked my sister a lot of questions. I said, so when I die, I go straight to heaven? She said, yes. I said, wow. And I said, so all my sins are forgiven ever. He won't ever bring them up. She said, yeah. And so I'm tripping out more. <clears throat> and then I said, now, wait a minute, wait a minute. Are we going to be these little pink puffs floating around in heaven? Or are we going to know each other? She, she gave me chapter and verse and showed me. She said, no, 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 we're going to know each other. I'm like, wow. Okay. And I said, so that's it. I'm starting over. And she said, yeah. I said, it's like being, she said, what? Uh, she said, born again. I said, yeah, yeah, that's it. That's awesome. Yeah, so that's kind of how it went. But after that, uh, I went next door to my neighbor's house, and I started knocking on her door. And after that, I went to the next neighbor and the next neighbor and the next neighbor. And this is in Will Rogers Court, by the way. Oh, yeah. And so uh, and so, I started uh, a door-to-door -door ministry, and all I did was just tell people, listen, have you messed up your life? <laughs> because if you have, you can start over. Uh, let me in and I'll tell you about it. And they all let me in. And I just witnessed to them what little bit I knew and uh, started leading people to Christ right away. And so that's kind of where, uh, you know, that's, that's just in a, uh, just in a very short brief, how I came to Christ. But, uh, after that, I, um, God blessed me with, a an amazing ministry job at a rate Christian radio station called 91 FM, KOKF 91 FM. That was a trip. So now uh, I prayed for a ministry job, but I pictured myself in a suit with a briefcase going into a church somewhere. And it wasn't until about two years later that I said, oh my gosh, I am in a ministry. 
this is a ministry, but I'm not, but I'm playing Christian heavy metal. I'm not, you know, wearing a suit and, <laughs> but, <clears throat> but that's, that's kind of how that went. And, uh, so for the next 10 years, I worked at ministry, that overnight ministry. And it's, it's there that I got to pray for a lot of people on, a, our, our anonymous overnight prayer line. And uh, I prayed with a lot of kids, uh, a lot of uh, preteens, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old, uh, which I was just surprised at. I thought it'd be all adults. No, there's a lot of kids up at night and have a lot of problems to think about. But but that's how I came across uh, even now to to get into our subject. Um, A pastor once called me and he said, I am not going to tell you who I am. If I told you who I am, you'd know my church. If I told you my church, you'd know who I am. He said, but I struggle with homosexuality. And he said, if I could do that the rest of my life and go to heaven, I would. And I said, okay. I said, then we're going to pray, buddy. And um, so we prayed. And, uh, and I said, listen, the, the, the only advice I can give you is fight it, fight it, fight it with everything you got because it'll be worth it in the end. Eternity's too long, buddy. Eternity's way too long. And... Uh, and so, you know, I got to pray with people like that over and over again, uh, thousands of people over 10 years and eight hours a day, six days a week. And uh, so uh, so this this one, this one right here, there's absolutely nothing. After 10 years of that, there's absolutely nothing that you could surprise me with that people need prayer for. Nothing I tell you. Well, I'm, I'm sure that's the I'm sure that's the case. I know you you've had your own church. You've done 91 FM. Yep. You've done youth ministry for well over a decade, and oh, I know gosh. you have an amazing anointing. Over 20 uh, years now. Oh, that that's amazing. Yeah. Wow. And you know <clears throat> you going back to that. You know, with all the street ministry you've done, uh, people on the uh, you know on the radio. Yeah. Children. I mean, you've dealt with every person from every faction of life that that's dealt with every sid under the sun yep so you know what 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 would you say you know is there one sin that's greater than another or, or is just sin sin well you know after after everything you know you can look back and i mean even if you just if you read the bible <laughs> if you read the bible religiously and uh you go through the old testament new testament old testament new testament you see over and over again that there is no one sin that's greater to God. Uh, and um, when we're talking about pride here, we're talking about uh, Pride Month here, homosexuality, lesbianism, and every derivative thereof. Um, uh, the thing that I see a lot of um, religious circles, uh, Christians, uh, churches do, is they, they have actually, uh, I don't know if it's on purpose, but maybe inadvertently, uh, given it a uh, platinum taboo status, if you know what I mean. Right. It, they're like, ooh, it's that. Oh, no, you know, you're terrible. You're wicked and what have you. And I'm like, well, okay, but, you know, I mean, that's not how it should be. It doesn't deserve, sexual sin does not deserve attention, special attention or platinum taboo status. Even if it is homosexuality, lesbianism, bestiality, or any variation or derivative thereof, um, their sin, like any other sin, it's bad and there's eternal, terrible consequences for those who are actually in the continual practice of those sins. So like anything else, like any other sin, you know, I've known people who just could not tell the truth. 
I mean, couldn't tell the truth. A bunch of friends of mine and I got together to talk to this one guy. And we're like, man, we are tired of your lies. You tell these lies like we believe them. You're crazy, man. And we're tired of it. He said, okay, yeah, I got a problem. I'm sorry. It's just that, you know, whenever I was a kid, you know, and I was beat up and, uh, you know, he just gave all this, this, this great big old story. And we're like, uh, oh, is that right? And like, oh, man, I'm so sorry and what have you. And all of us just looked at each other instinctively at the same time. We're like, he's lying again. <laughs> and so we're like, are you wow. lying again? And he said, okay, yes, I am. That didn't happen. But he, he could not tell the truth for anything. And so we're like, dude, man, you're just better off not talking, I'm telling you. But that is no different to God than homosexuality, lesbianism. Right. Now, the Bible does say, however, that um, and emphasizes clearly in First uh, Corinthians six twelve through twenty. You can read the account, but uh, and uh, but specifically verse eighteen, it does say, it says, "Run from sexual sin." This is verse eighteen. Says, "Run from sexual sin because no other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body." And uh, so that's something that, uh, that, that we have to look at as far as this goes. But as far as, you know, the whole, uh, is there one sin greater than another? No. Gotcha. Well, you know, I, I'm curious, you know, people will basically model their beliefs after their experience. Mm-hmm. So should, should one base these things strictly on their experience or, or should that be, you know, with Scripture? Uh, will, will Scripture alone settle this? Or is this, a, you know, uh, what would you say about that? You know, uh, one of the things I like to say is that the human condition, uh, when, you, when you consider the human condition, we all have uh, what I used to call pet demons. I heard, a, I heard James Robinson say that years ago. He called them pet demons. But I don't know if I'd call that, uh, say that anymore. But, uh, but anyway, we all have our weaknesses. We all have... Um, uh, things that we that that we are tempted by, whereas others may not be. But uh, uh, concerning anything, scripture, and, and and especially this right here, because I think a lot of Christians get tripped up on this. You know, they get really, really tripped up on this this uh, this uh, homosexuality and lesbianism. But I don't. I, I want to basically just keep people uh, keep sin where it's at. It's bad. It's terrible. Any sin, all sin. And so scripture alone settles the matter. Uh, but again, the human condition persists, persists. And um, Romans chapter one clears that up. Goodness sakes. Uh, uh, you've read uh, Romans chapter one before. And uh, it, it starts at verse 18, goes through verse 32. But the bottom line is, is that they, uh, they worshiped anything other than God. They wanted to see him. Uh, they wanted him to see that, uh, that they didn't care. And uh, they wanted him to know how much they hated him. Um, they utterly and unashamedly gave over to homosexuality and lesbianism. And, of course, every other kind of uh, sin, every evil that they could think of. And um, in every new way that they could think of doing it. Uh, it basically gone back to um, when God had to destroy all the time of Noah, you know had to destroy humanity and and it's getting that way now. I mean, we can look around now and see that it's just, it's fast approaching. And so, uh, their depravity was complete 
and they did their absolute best to get other people to follow in their footsteps. Wow. And, That's uh, funny you mentioned that. I, I just <clears> posted <throat> that same exact uh, passage of Scripture, Romans, Romans 1, 18 through 32, and this was after I... I went for a walk at uh, Scissor Tail Park the mm-hmm. other night, not yeah. knowing that I didn't even think about, you know, pride celebrations on the weekend and got down there to enjoy the weather and was looking at all the, the pride activities going on. And and uh, and so just went around, you know, not judging anybody, just looking for someone. Is there anybody I can help out? And uh, yeah. And, uh, of course, if anybody was going to you know, try to pick me up, being a single guy, I was going to introduce hey. them to, to my best and intimate friend, Jesus. I've already got a dude in my uh, life his name Jesus. But, uh, boy. But uh, it's funny you, you said that because just looking at this culture, looking at the current situation, I mean, you can't describe it any more clear or, yeah. or to the exact point as what Romans 1, 18 through 32 says. Mm-hmm. So, so I, you know, it's like they say, uh, the Bible, uh, what did they say? The Bible is not a story of what happened, but it's what always happens. Um, so, so yeah, so that's, that's just funny you bring that up because I was posted that same exact thing. Um, and there are, well, there are several also, uh, there's uh, several different versions that you can read uh, in the Bible. And let me, it's my, on my phone here. Let me just pull up my uh, blue letterbible.org if you don't have that i think you should get it ladies and gentlemen um and in the book of jude it uh, uh i want you to know that god calls us they we're often accused of hate just because we believe what the bible says right and um but what <laughs> it it might curl their hair a little bit if you agree with them that yes God does call us to hate. Mm-hmm. Now, while while the listening audience stews on that one for a moment, I'm going <laughs> to come on down to uh, verse 23 here. And um, if you're getting triggered, just hold on. Yeah, we, we hold got, on we, just a minute. We, we, don't we got some don't pull don't pull all your sure. hair out just yet. Okay. So here here's what it says. Okay. So verse 23 in the book of Jude. There's only one chapter, so you'll be able to find it easy. It says, verse 23 says, Rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. Show mercy still to others, but do so with great caution, hating the sins that contaminate Mm. their lives. Wow, that's powerful. So in one breath, in one sentence, he says, Mercy while hating the sin that's contaminating their lives. And I, I want uh, everyone to understand that that's the way God looks at us. You know, if we, if, we, if we ever saw God looking at us with an angry look, okay, we get intertwined with our sin. We get intertwined with our sin. So when we, if we were to see God looking at us with that hate, okay, it's just imagining for a moment. Mm. Uh, and, 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 and he sticks his hand down to us and they they take off running they're like i'm not sticking around for this and they'll have a, they'll have a story to tell their friends you don't understand i was in the presence of god i looked at him he looked at me with all the hate he could muster and he reached out for me and i wasn't having it i took off running well that would be their story right right but that wouldn't be the truth right 
He hates the sin that has taken us captive. The hate that he was looking at was not you, but the sin. Amen. To get that off of you. How dare you touch my son? How dare you touch my daughter? Get over here. Get off of them. And he's not even looking at you. But mm. I'm sure you got some big eyeballs, so it looks like he's looking at you and see. That's rich. <laughs> I'm just that's like, rich stuff right there. That would, be, that would be scary, wouldn't it? But that's what, but that's what this uh, particular uh, scripture says. And so I'm going to read it one more time before we move on. Rescuing others or rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. Show mercy to still others, but do so with great caution, hating the sins that contaminate their lives. And I believe this also just uh, helps us to understand that our, our, position sh- our position should be to hate the sin that's contaminating their lives. God has is they're no we're no different than them they're no different than us um they're humans that's mm-hmm. what god created mm-hmm. and they are in need of a savior just like we were yes it doesn't matter the sin maybe mine was lying maybe mine was stealing a piece of candy every time i went into the five and dime whatever it is god had to come rescue us from that sin homosexuality, lesbianism, bestiality, you name it, the list goes on and on and on, right? Right. So um, that's pretty much where I think that uh, you can look at the, the scripture. If you read it very clearly then, or very, very carefully, you can, you can glean these things from it. And as you meditate on God's word, you'll get the same thing I did. Uh, I think that's probably good protocol. If you're taking notes, write this down too. Reading the Bible you do not want to check your brain at the door before you start reading. Keep it intact. Use it. Think about what he's saying. That's how you meditate on the word. Meditate on that word that he's te- that you just read. How does this apply to me, Lord? What am I supposed to take from this? And how am I supposed to help somebody with this? Not how am I supposed to hurt somebody with this? How you know? Not how am I supposed to put somebody in their place with this word. I heard it, um, thank God, very long ago when I first got saved, someone said, don't let the Bible lead your Bible study. I'm like, well, why would I do that? Mm. And they're like, you don't understand. If you read this Bible, if you're reading and you're like, ah, I know who needs that scripture. Mm-hmm. I know who that's for too. That'll, that'll fix them. Yeah. Well, they go, you know, you go through that and he, and, and he said, the next time you see them, you're going to load that cartridge. And mow them down. And that's the only mm. motive you have. The Bible led your Bible study. And now you're going out mowing people down with the word. But that was not the intent. The intent was the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is a comforter, encourager, advocate to lead you and guide you into all truth. Not someone to mow you down and make you try to make you feel conviction. But I'll, I'll talk more about that later. So. Well, you know, you, you mentioned that. It, it kind of makes me think of, you know, a lot of Christians will say, well, hold on, Vern said, uh, what what about the, the the story in the Old Testament with Solomon and Gomorrah? You know, it's like the, the the biggest sin that it seems like it's pointed out is the homosexuality because uh, because you know you had the homosexuals trying to attack the even the angels that came there to to to, to go to Lot and uh, and and try to rape these angels. So what do you say to those people that go, man? God showed his 
wrath on Sodom and Gomorrah just because they were homosexuals. <laughs> Woo! Now we're going to kind of get a little bit deep. But um, that is very interesting because uh, had I not been reading uh, very uh, very closely, I, I, I was doing another study on body piercings. And I was, uh, years ago, I had a, a Bible study out about uh, what does the Bible say and or not say about body piercings and tattoos. That's a good one. So we could probably delve into that someday. But this is what I came across. And um, it's very, very interesting. In Ezekiel chapter 16, verses 46 through 52, which actually you just keep reading in Ezekiel and man, he is reading them the act. He's like, I just can't believe you guys. I can't believe you guys. A believer, a follower of Jesus, Jesus Christ could quite possibly get the idea that, you know, that they are, what's the word I'm looking for? Superior to people who do things like that. And, and, and one would feel that way. And, it kind of feels that way. It's like, well, I'm not a sinner like them. I understand, but listen, that's not where our hearts should be. But that's here's what... Holier than now attitude. It, it is, yeah. And and so, but in, in verses 46 through 52, in Ezekiel, the book of Ezekiel, here's what it says. Your old, now follow me. Your older sister was Samaria who lived with her daughters. Now he's talking to the people of God. Okay, He says, your older sister was Samaria, who lived with her daughters in the north. Your younger sister was Sodom, who lived with her daughters in the south. But you have not merely sinned as they did. You quickly surpassed them in corruption. As surely as I live, says the sovereign Lord, Sodom and her daughters were as never as wicked as you and your daughters. Mm. Sodom's sins were pride, gluttony, and laziness while the poor and needy suffered outside her door. Let's stop right there. Sodom's sins were pride. Get that. We're in pride month. Sodom's sins were pride, first of all, gluttony, and laziness while the poor and the needy suffered outside her door. This is God speaking again. If you're listening, take notes. This is, this is Ezekiel 16, 46 through 52. And so it goes on to say she was proud and committed detestable sins. So I wiped her out, as you have seen. Even Samaria did not commit half your sins, talking to the people of God. You have done far more detestable things than your sisters ever did. They seem righteous compared to you. Shame on you. Your sins are so terrible that you make your sisters appear righteous, even virtuous. Holy moly. Wow. Boy, they're talking about dropping the ball <laughs> on, on those holier than that, and, right? <laughs> and, and, this is, and this is where we're at. You know, it's like uh, their sin wasn't just homosexuality. Get, get, we're, in, we're in June, Pride Month, okay? Mm-hmm. What did he say their, first, uh, 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 their sins were? Pride. Mm-hmm. But guess what he said to us mm-hmm. or the people of God at that time? The knuckleheads at that time. He said, but you, way worse than her. Way worse than Sodom. That's crazy. That's crazy. So we have to be careful not to be worse than the world. I I mean, 
read it and weep because it says so in other parts of the Bible. Look what it says in Matthew eleven twenty three, And you, people of Capernaum, will you be honored in heaven? No, this is Jesus speaking. No, you will go down to the place of the dead. The Greek says Hades. For if the miracles I did for you had been done in wicked Sodom, it would still be here today. I tell you, even Sodom will be better off on Judgment Day than you. Wow. Now, that's just two scriptures, but there's so many more. Well, and that one is in red. That's Jesus talking, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, that's that's something that, uh, that, that has to be taken into account as far as our ability to reach the lost, the ability to reach people without being taken aback, without being aghast at what sins people are committing. I'm telling you, it just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You reach them with the same love you would anybody else. And so, again, it does not deserve a, um, a, a, a platinum card status like because that's what they think. They get, and I think what, what fuels their pride a lot of time is the response they get from the religious community because the world is just accepting. Right. You know, they're just laying down and accepting. And like, yeah, we want that too. But it's the Christians and the religious world, and not that we shouldn't be against it, okay, but... To be so moved by sin or place sin on different levels that, oh, that's the worst one. Oh, we got to stand against that. It seems like it'd be murder, you know, right. but that's not the case. So I don't know. I don't, I've, I've never gotten that one, but, but nonetheless, that's uh that's uh, food for thought anyway. Well, and you know, Satan, I know, you know, when he was Lucifer, he, he fell. And uh, his sin was pride, uh, coincidentally, <laughs> exactly. right? And, but uh, but you know what uh, what motivates Satan to to lead us into these temptations and this sin? And well, that's an important question because um, you know a lot of people think, well, it was because you know they were molested or it's because they lived life this way or because they were hot here because they were proud or because of this or because of that. And the bottom line is that, um, you don't need to do anything to get Satan to want to come and destroy your life by turning you against the living God. Plain and simple. Satan, I always say it like this. Satan needs no provocation. Um, he hates you, uh, just because you belong to Jesus. Um, so as a believer, he hates you because you belong to Jesus. And so he puts an untold number of attacks on your life to keep you from realizing your potential as a believer on this earth, uh, for the very short amount of time that we're here. And, uh, and for those who have not accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord, he hates them too. And he hates the fact that there is a potential for them to surrender their life to Jesus. So, again, he puts out another attack, an untold number of attacks on their life to keep them from surrendering their lives to Jesus. Now, here's a uh, story that I had heard uh, myself on a radio show. Uh, this was a self-proclaimed witch. She sounded a bit haggard, so I'll go ahead and go with it. <laughs> she just <laughs> said she was a witch. So uh, she was a, said she was a, a witch, and uh, she declared that she hated abortion. 
And uh, the Christian talk show host on the radio uh, show that day was uh, told her that, well, I would have thought that uh, being a witch and all, that you would be glad to hear that babies were being murdered in abortion. And uh, so he asked her, he said, so why do, you, why, do, why do you not, why are you against abortion? Well, she said, because uh, if they're aborted, we don't have the chance to deceive them into serving the devil. Mm-hmm. And it's not fair. We need our chance at them. We wow. need to turn these, we want them in hell. We don't want them to go to heaven. Because I've heard, she said, that they, that, they, that they go to heaven when they die as a baby. She said, I want them to grow up so we can turn them to Satan. I'm like, wow, Boy. that's really hard, lady. Uh, better watch eight. it. <laughs> that's a slippery slope there. Um, but Revelation 12, 12 says, Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who live in the heavens rejoice. But terror will come on the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you in great anger, knowing that he has a little time. Notice it doesn't say because he knows you have such great potential because, you know, because you did this or you were, you know, you were messing around with sin anyway, so I'm going to come and take him. No, he knows that there's little time left. He knows that there's very little time left since Jesus came and did what he did and set us free by dying on the cross. Well, now he knows, Satan knows that this is coming to an end. I've got to pull out all the stops and bring people, as many people to hell as I possibly can. Well, and uh, right there, uh, even that scripture reminds me, I've been listening to a series, and I'm going to plug in here, Jeremiah Smith Ministries. If you mm-hmm. haven't checked out that podcast, it's pretty amazing. And uh, this series is talking about uh, that we do have an enemy, and his name is Satan, and that's he's here to kill, steal, and destroy. Yeah. And, uh, and that... That that was one of the big scriptures here just recently that uh, ah. was covered in that and um, yeah you know give us some uh, going going back to the main subject here you know give us some of your encounters what what are some encounters that you've had with with those that's <laughs> been in the homosexual lifestyle or what I call the alphabet people right right well uh, so I used to do a lot of street preaching and um, I was uh, street preaching. Uh, uh, way up on uh, 39th and Penn. And um, this guy, this flamboyant gay guy, and he comes to mock me, basically. Uh, and uh, so he's standing there, and everything I preached, he said even louder. <laughs> and everything I said, he said even louder. And so now he's not even facing me anymore, trying to mock me. So now he's turning around and it's echoing across the street. And here comes a ton of people. So I don't, he did not realize that he had become my megaphone. That's so awesome. I just kept on preaching and he kept on just mocking me by saying everything I said. But he was like, nah, 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 you know, but he just said <laughs> everything. And so they're listening to this message and he's just getting louder and louder and louder and more and more people were coming. It was absolutely amazing. In uh, uh, another instance, so another night I was out there uh, witnessing and uh, I stopped uh, what appeared to be a beautiful girl, a beautiful looking couple, actually. And I thought, what in the world are they doing down here? And so I told them, I said, this is not the right place for you. I mean, I, maybe they're from out of town. Maybe they don't know where they're at. You know, maybe they're looking for a, a, a club to go to. So I looked right at the girl uh, who was very beautiful, very small. And I said, what are you doing down here? You should not be here. And so she put her head down 
And they, they both stopped. She put her head down and said, I know. I'm sorry. I'm trying to stop. But surprise, surprise, it was a man's voice that came out of it. Ooh. And uh, turns out it was a man dressed up like a girl. And I'm like, oh, hey. <laughs> I, did, I didn't know. Someone, I mean, someone if I, triggered I, the song, dude. Well, like a lady. <laughs> I, I didn't know. And I'm just like, oh, my God. So I said, but, but I knew by his wow. answer, I'm sorry. I know I'm trying to stop that he had God has been messing with his mind wow. or as he would probably think messing with my mind, trying to get me to stop this lifestyle. But God had really made an impact on him. And this was just a witness to him, a confirmation wow. that he really, really, really needs to stop. So on another occasion, there was a guy in a coffee house I went to. Now, we, uh, uh, my crew uh, ended up at this coffee house. We didn't know. It was the only thing open that night. We had Bible study Saturday nights. And uh, we hung out at my house uh, for, for a long time. And then um, uh, someone said, well, there's this coffee house that's open. So we're like, oh, okay, well, let's go there. Went there. And uh, all got inside, went past the, the, the register, ordered our stuff, our, our lattes and cappuccinos and what have you. Had a seat, pulled the table together, had a seat. But as we looked around, uh, we noticed that uh, guys were with the guys and the girls were with the girls. And we were like, oh, my goodness, where are we at? So that's how we ended up there. And we kept going back. Well, um, one day, uh, one evening, I was talking with this guy, Vince, and he uh, told me his story about I asked him, I said, so how did you end up this way? I said, you obviously don't have no problem with us being being here, so so talk to me. He said, well, he said uh, that I uh, uh, kept getting kicked out of uh, youth groups all his life. Uh, they they said that I'm I'm trying to make people gay is what they said, and he he said he declared that uh, he was not gay at all, but uh, knows that he kind of sounds effeminate, sounds like a girl, but. Um, he said to him, he just sounds like him, but uh, according to them, he's trying to make people gay. But he said, I'm, I'm not attracted. I wasn't attracted to guys. I wasn't gay. He said, so uh, he said, I'm going to give it one more chance. Uh, he got kicked out of church after church. And so he said, I'm going to give it one more try at a new church. And sure enough, he did. And they kicked him out saying the same thing. And so uh, he said he left that church. Uh, he stopped trying to go to church. And he said, I'm going to go ahead and try this gay thing since that's what everyone said I was. And so he said, they might be right. So he left the church and never looked back. Man, that is sad. And I, and I thought, that's just terrible. And he said, yeah, I know, man. But he said, people have tried to preach to me, you know, and they said they're sorry that those people act that way. It's wrong. He says, but it's too late. I'm, I am like I am, and I like the way I'm living. I said, well, I'm going to pray for you, buddy. He said, okay, you're welcome to. You know, he was just, he was a really nice guy, though. And then uh, uh, on the other hand, you have people who uh, uh, have just chosen the lifestyle. They uh, come from a background that does not have the uh, typical ingredients, absent parents, abuse. Uh, and so, again, back to Satan needs no provocation whatsoever. Right. But back to this coffee house. Here's the, here's the last one I'm going to give you. Uh, the coffee house, owned, one of the owners, uh, uh, basically she, uh, there was a, it was a lesbian couple, and they were... Uh, 
I don't know. They were just a little bit different. There was this one girl, and she was so nice, but the other one was just really mean. And I went up there one time, and I said, listen, uh, I said, God has given me a word for you. It was the younger of the two. And uh, I said, God has told me that you have given your life to Christ before, and but you have strayed from the path. I said, is that correct? And she said, yes. She said, I went to this Baptist college in Shawnee, and um, uh, I don't know what the name of it is anyway. Um, she said that I used to live for the Lord all my young life. And I said, well, I'm not going to ask you what happened. I said, but I'm just going to tell you what God said. And he said, it's time for you to come on home. And I gave her what happened was I didn't, on this day, what I did is I, I wrote a letter to her and I got a Dennis Jernigan song. Do you know who Dennis Jernigan uh, is? I love Dennis Jernigan. Oh, yeah. man. And so I got a Dennis Jernigan song. And I said, listen, would you put this tape on? This is how long ago it was, a tape. Wow. I said, would you put this cassette tape on, press play, and read that letter at the same time? She said, okay, I will. She did. Well, uh, a few weeks went by, and we came back uh, through, and it was closed. It was shut down, gone. Wow. And uh, it was years later, uh, a couple of years later, I go to this church, and uh, it was Victory Church there on 42nd MacArthur. And... Uh, this girl comes up. Back then, she had really short hair. She had a full head of hair, and I didn't know who she was. And she said, do you remember me? And I said, uh, and she said, the coffee house. And I'm looking at her. I'm like, whoa, are you? And she said, yeah. And so she called her mom over, and she said, this is the guy. This is the guy. Oh, wow. And uh, so she was blown away, and her mom just came over and just started crying and said, thank you, thank you, thank you. Just kept saying thank you. I said, well, praise God. You know, I, I just did my part. And so she said, thank you so much. I have my daughter back. You know, I'm like, wow, what a trip. You never know what that mercy and mm -hmm. uh, is going to do for somebody, you know. Oh, Not yeah. being moved by whatever the sin is, whether it's lesbianism, homosexuality. And how so, cool was that that, you know, you got to find that out. You didn't even have to wait till eternity to find out your impact, that fruit that, yeah. that, that was made there. And Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, which, you know, speaking of which, how you're witnessing, and I had someone very near and dear to me the other day. He, he, he basically said, you know, my issue with Christians is they're all trying to convert everybody. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, which my response to him is that's not our job. Um, you know, we're farmers and we plant the seeds and cultivate, but what, what would you say to that as far as our purpose as, as, as you know, for the Great Commission uh, and how that, that goes with witnessing in, in this manner? Um, I'll tell you what, I'm going to... Uh, this is probably the one place where... Um, yeah, uh, the one place where I've got to uh, really make an impact here because I want I want to do that. But I know you had something to say uh, first, so I'll let you go ahead and... Sure, sure. So um, just just going off of that, on that subject, um, I just wanted to share the fact that, you know, if you're out there and you think, I just feel led to... To, to say this, if you feel that uh, Christians are just Bible thumpers and they're just out to try to convert, um, my experience, I've been a Christ follower all my life. Have I been a perfect Christ follower? Absolutely not. I'm in this corruptible flesh on this corruptible earth. 
But what I do know is what separates Christianity from every religion out there, from every belief out there, uh, whether it's cults, Satanism, Buddhism, uh, Taoism, Muslim, you know, Islam, uh, it doesn't matter. What separates Christianity from this is the fact that Christianity, we're not about trying to convert everybody. We're, we're not about trying to uh, pound on them with the Bible, hit them over the head with the Bible. Uh, we are just trying to share with them who the Creator is. The Great Commission is to go into all the world and preach the good news. And what's the good news? The good news is Jesus Christ came that we may have life and have it to the full, not only here on earth, but, of course, eternally. And that's why he paid the price. And so that's kind of what I meant by, you know, we are farmers. And our job is planting those seeds and cultivating. And it kind of makes me think of just like the other day. I was in the park and these two young women, um, I had all my Jesus gear on. I didn't feel like walking, but I, I went out to walk. This was a few months ago. And. And from a distance, I saw a heavyset girl, these two young Hispanic girls, and this heavyset girl is down on her knees, and she's crying, and the, her friend is trying to help her. And I see this older man with his dog, nice little innocent old man over there saying, you need some help. And they waved him away. Um, they, they seemed kind of distraught in, their, in the position they were in. And so I just knew God wanted me to reach out to them. So I, I went over there, said, are you in pain? And she said, yes. I said, do you mind if I pray for you? And, and she said, yeah, go ahead. And so I prayed for her and, and then her friend took her to the car. I never actually got to preach the gospel to her. Um, I share the gospel. And when I walked away, I kind of told the Lord, I said, well, I didn't even get to share the gospel with her, but the Lord, you know, confirmed it in my heart. You did what I wanted you to do. Don't worry, I've got others out there, and they plant seeds and they cultivate. Mm. And so, you know, going back to that again, uh, Vern, just as far as what are what is our jobs as Christians? Are are we supposed to go out there and convert the world and, and convict them? And <laughs> I tell you what, this is what I say. Mm, I am an evangelist, uh, so that's kind of what I. Uh, excuse me while I take a drink here. Mm. That's kind of my heart is to win people to Christ, right? But there's something that I don't think a lot of people realize in trying to make an impact for Christ. Uh, being angry at people is not it, okay? Like if I get angry enough, they'll turn and give their life to Christ. Or if I shake them up or, you know, just something, or if I just throw enough scripture at them, they'll get saved. But the, the, the truth of the matter is that we have no power to convict, only to convey. Mm. So our job is to just com- convey the message of God's love, convey the message of Jesus Christ. Now, I don't know how he does it, but his message is enough. Amen. His message is enough. If we say we love the lost, now here's where, where I think that a lot of people miss it and... Um, and, and thank God we have uh, someone who did it so well. <laughs> Jesus, we're supposed to be more like Christ, okay? We 
Every person has to look at your own heart and say, my job is to be more like Jesus, to try to be more like Christ. What did he do? How did he do it? The woman caught in adultery. Does it matter? Okay. It's sexual sin nonetheless, right? So uh, breaking uh, a covenant breaker too, you know, uh, relationships maybe. I don't, whatever it is. But the bottom line is if we say we love the lost, we have no other choice but to preach Jesus Christ, his cross, his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. They have to hear the good news that because of what Jesus did on the cross, we can now come into the very presence of God. And get this, the Bible says, holy and blameless as we stand before him without a single fault. Now, first of all, I could have just said that tonight. Here's what the Lord says. You stand before him in his very presence, holy and blameless without a single fault. And that would have been enough to rile some feathers. But that's good news, and that's the good news. In case you're a believer and you've never heard that, then that's good news for you today. So you're getting something out of that today too. So Jesus' final message was for us to go and tell everyone who receives Jesus as their Lord, to do everything that he taught us. He didn't tell us to go and affirm everyone's sin of choice, no, but he told told us to go uh, and do what he did, exactly what he did. So that's what we do. Now, here's what the Bible says. I want you to just see what God's mercy is. If you're listening and you're taking notes, Hebrews 4, 14 through 16 says, therefore, since we have a great high priest, Jesus, uh, who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Verse 15 says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who was tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. And then verse 16 says, Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace. Uh, And the other versions say, which I like, uh, the New Living Translation says, let us draw, uh, let us boldly come to the, to the throne of our gracious God, boldly come to his throne. Now you would think, okay, so it said, well, first of all, let me finish the verse, verse 16. Therefore, let us, uh, come boldly to the throne of our gracious God so that it's there that we will receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Three things you need to notice here. One, you would think that the Bible says, don't come around God. You're sin. You, you have sinned. You're all stinky. Stay away till you get it together. Then come back into the church house. Then come back into his presence. No, that's not what it says at all. It says, come boldly. Because he was tempted in every way like we are, he was tempted in all ways just like we are. Yet, he didn't sin. So he said, for that reason, I call the shots. He says, draw near or come boldly into to his throne, which is in prayer. That's simply what that means. And it says, it's there that we will receive. First of all, get this, number one, mercy. That's the first thing you're going to receive when you get there. Now, the thing to remember is that mercy isn't needed unless judgment is demanded. So, in other words, if you've done something wrong, then mercy is needed, and that's what God will offer you. So. Wow. So this is protocol when you've blown it, when you've messed up, when you've messed up, run to God and he will give you mercy. And then grace, what is grace? Grace is unearned favor. 
the unearnable, unmerited is what they usually call it, favor of God. So mercy and grace, you get mercy, first of all, and then grace to uplift you. So uh, the bottom line is this, and, and if you're writing notes, take this, take this note down. Your sin is none of the devil's business. Now you would think that it you would think that it's all the devil's business. He deals in sin. He's a sin dealer. <laughs> you know, but no, your sin is none of the devil's business. Why? Because of Hebrews 4, 14 through 16, that says that God will get rid of it, get it off of you, and clean you back up. That's Amen. what he does. And then Ephesians 3:12 says, Because of Christ. And our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. Because of what Jesus did, everybody, no matter what their sin is, no matter what it is, whether it's pride, homosexuality, lesbianism, or any derivative thereof, can come boldly and confidently into God's presence. Had you ever seen somebody that said, I was lost in that world. I thought that's what I wanted. I thought that's, I, I, I don't know, but Jesus came to me one night and I was so ashamed of myself, but he lifted me up Amen. and now I'm serving him. It is so amazing. So Colossians 1.22, check this out, says, uh, yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the, de- through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault Praise goodness God. sakes that is that is one you gotta you, you you gotta write that down and put it on your wall tattoo it across your forehead because you can't forget that mm-hmm. colossians 2 9 and 10 says for in christ the fullness of god lives in a human body now this one tipped me over for a long time really tipped me over and you are complete in your union with christ the fullness of god how full is god He spoke everything into existence, the entire universe. How full is that fullness? But yet, it dwelled in Christ, and now Christ is in us. And so he says, and because of that, you are complete in your union with Christ. So don't ever let, don't ever let the devil or the devil's messengers come and speak to you saying, you're gay, you're lesbian, that's it. Don't let them prophesy over you like that. There's no such thing. He said, you are, because of what Jesus did, and if you, ask, if you ask Jesus to come into your life, you are complete. And that is only a feeling, only a symptom of what Satan's trying to do in your life to destroy you. In the end, um, anyone can forsake any sin at any time and surrender to Jesus. And that's my message today. I want to leave you with Romans 10, 9, and 10. And that is, um, it says that... Uh, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. That's awesome. So, uh, you know, speaking of which... Um, now we're coming to the end of this yeah. message. I, there's some people out there that they, they're they getting that conviction. They're getting that 
impulse you were talking about earlier, the Holy Spirit comes on them. We don't know how that happens, but there's people out there, they're listening to this message, and so they want to do that. Uh, would you mind leading them in that prayer so they can be born again as well, like you, you Abs- talked about? Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, well then, uh, if you're if you're listening, I want you to just uh, do what I did when uh, I gave my life to Christ, and 34 years later, it's stuck, because here I am still serving the Lord, uh, more excited than, than, than I was at the beginning, because I know him better now. And so I want you to just repeat this prayer after me, okay? Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I repent of my life of sin. I ask you to come into my heart. I confess Jesus as my Lord. I believe that he died on the cross and rose again three days later. Help me to change and serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hey, man, that's awesome. We'll write that down, guys. That's your new birth date. Glory. (laughs) All right. Well, Vernon, it was awesome having you uh, come out tonight and and, uh, – and bless bless us with that message and uh, Amen. Well, I appreciate and, you having and, me out, buddy. Yeah, I definitely want to have you on in the future. And uh, I know we've got some other projects in, in the uh, yes, mix. Absolutely. So look forward to that. We'll have announcements on that. But uh, for you, our listeners, uh, I just want to say uh, thanks for checking us out again. And um, and tune in. Uh, have a live podcast uh, this next Tuesday with it being the 4th of July. I'm going to be in San Antonio, but hey. uh, but, uh, but but be on the lookout for some announcements. Uh, we'll, we'll get something out there between now and the next two weeks. Uh, and uh, this will be replayed in the archive, so if you didn't get to hear the whole message, uh, tune in. And until then, yeah, that's right. You know it. You know it's coming. You have been served the truth. The whole truth and nothing but the truth with Studi and Vern. Hey, God bless you guys. God bless.